Hey, thanks, Daniel, and Happy New Year, uh, everybody. Thanks for uh, kind of t tuning in online. I really appreciate that. Uh, to those of you who are in our Blackhawk Chinese ministry, Dijong Zimei Ping An. And some of you may be brand new to Blackhawk. Maybe this is the first uh, Sunday that you've ever watched Blackhawk uh, online. So my name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here at Blackhawk uh, Church. Just to kind of bring you up to speed as to where we've been and kind of where we're going. Uh, last Sunday, Pastor Matt, one of the pastors on the teaching team, he uh, talked about 2020 in hindsight. And if you haven't seen uh, that message, I would really encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, there was interviews of a number of uh, people at Blackhawk Church, and 2020 has affected all of us in so many different ways, and you heard some really powerful stories. And then for five weeks before that, uh, we as a teaching team talked about uh, those kind of things that God wants us to do like all the time, whether it's 2020 or 1920 or 1820. And it all started on November the 22nd when Pastor Matt did a talk on uh, Thanksgiving. So it's a Thanksgiving uh, weekend. And so he did a talk on Thanksgiving and God always wants us uh, to be uh, grateful uh, to him and to have hearts of uh, grace. And then I did a talk following that on hope. And then I did a talk on peace. These are two words in our Advent uh, series. And then following that, then Pastor Charles did a talk on joy, and then Pastor Matt finished the series with a talk on love. Hope, peace, joy, and love, that's, where, that's our Advent uh, theme. Now, now, look at those words. These are the kinds of things that God wants us to do or to practice go all the time. Not just 2020, but like all the time. God wants us to be people who are thankful. God wants us to be people of hope. God wants us to be people of peace. He wants us to be people that uh, are, are joyful uh, all the time. And God wants us to be people of love all the time. And here's the deal with a series like that. Is that many of us don't feel, we don't feel thankful. Uh, we don't feel hopeful. 2020 causes us to not feel at peace with ourselves or with other people, and we don't really have much joy going. The point I'm trying to make is that even though we might talk about these things, for many of us, we don't feel this way. You know, um, a lot of 2020 has just kind of messed up everything in terms of like you know, how to do church and stuff like that. So instead of seeing people on a regular basis, I'm going to make phone calls. I called one of you, and one of you were, you were just honest with me, and, and you said, you know, Pastor Chris, being honest with you, I haven't watched one talk for many months. And I just immediately, I said, thanks, thanks for being honest. And he said, you know, I just, I don't, I don't feel like my relationship with God is what it should be. And I think that person speaks for many of us. 2020 just kind of did a number on our relationship with God. If I could uh, draw that, I'd draw uh, something like this. Put God you know, up here, and then I'll put me down here. And this could like represent my relationship uh, with God. Well, can I be honest with you? My relationship with God has never looked uh, like that. So let me uh, erase that and that. 
So let me draw it more, more like this. So this is kind of more my relationship with God. All kinds of crooked kind of, that looks like a question mark, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. So welcome to Blackhawk Church. So uh, I have a lot of questions for God. So anyway. So it's just not a straight line. It's kind of, it has curves and twists and everything. And then 2020 comes along. And 2020 just causes all kinds of struggles between me and God. You know, this is my last year of being a senior pastor. I didn't picture 2020 happening. And it's like, you know what? Really, God? Really? You know, I'm like, I love to be around people. I love to be uh, with people on a Sunday. We're having like... There's no in-person gatherings? Really? My last year? you got to be kidding me, God. I mean, that might seem like a, a silly thing to those of us who've lost our businesses or loved ones. But I mean, I'm just being honest with you. It's like, really? And so, for many of us, so many different things have caused a problem between us and God. It's just kind of clogged our relationship with God. How you doing? You follow me? Now, let's just imagine that this was actually like uh, in your kitchen, and this is like, you know, like a sink, and, and, and you're trying to get water from one place to another. So what would you do if you had like a clog like that in your sink? Well, if you're me, uh, you would grab like a, a plunger, uh, or I would call a friend of mine named Ricky, who's actually a plumber, and I'd do something about that clog with a uh, this plunger. Don't worry, I cleaned this plunger. So the teaching team got together and we thought, how do we start 2021? Well, let's just be honest and talk about the, the blockage that many of us feel is existing between us and God. I thought maybe we should uh, call the series uh, Plunger but that didn't really go over with the creative people uh, in the church. And praise God for that. So we've decided to call this new series Breakthrough. On the teaching team, we feel like all of us need to have a breakthrough uh, with God. We need to be able to kind of do whatever we can to get rid of that stuff that's between us and God. And have our relationship with God be more like it used to be, or to have a clean relationship with God so that we feel like we're growing with him and we're in touch uh, with him. So uh, in this series, we're going to have three Sundays. It's going to be a short series. And uh, today I'm going to talk about opening up our hearts to God. Next week, Michael Knapstad will talk about facing our giants. And the week after that, I'll talk about encouraging our uh, people. But today, I want us to focus on the whole concept of opening, opening up our hearts to God. The Bible has a word for this idea of opening up our hearts to God, and that word is this word, lament. I love it what Tom Wright says in uh, the book that came out uh, last spring. Tom Wright says, in a time of acute crisis, when death sneaks into houses and shops, when you may feel healthy yourself, but you may be carrying the virus without knowing it, when every stranger on the street is a threat, when we go around in masks, when 
churches are shut and people are dying with nobody to pray besides their bedside. This is a time for lament. That's from Tom's book, God and the Pandemic. And let me just do a little commercial right now. That's a great uh, book for these times. Here's some other good resources for the whole concept of lament. Nicholas Wolterstorff wrote a great book called Lament for a Son, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, Tim Keller, Prophetic Lament by Sung Chan Ra, and God and the Pandemic by Tom Wright. All of, you can find all those on our website, blog, blackhawkchurch.org. What is lament? What is lament? Sun Chan Ra defines it simply as this. Laments are prayers of petition arising out of a need. So, you know, we're, we're not, not getting anything to me right now. I don't feel like I have a relationship with God. That's a big need. And my prayer of petition to God is get, get, get rid of this. Why is this happening? What's happening? That kind of thing is the being honest with God, crying out to him. Yeah, can I be, can, can I be honest with you? Uh, for many of us right now, as we listen to this, this whole idea of like lament and crying out to God, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> because for many of us, we feel like, you know, that's like a whiner. So it's like a whiner, a whiner. Somebody's like complaining to God. And I'm not going to complain to God. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I've been a Christian a long time, and I don't think, I, I don't think that, that doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do. There's something about Midwest, Midwestern niceness, you know what I'm talking about? Where um, people are like, you know what, and there's no, if you complain and whine, you know, you're not being nice. You know, we should be nice. We're Midwestern people, you know? It's like the conversation you might have with a Midwesterner about... Uh, you know, like it's real cold outside. Hey, it's really, really cold. How you doing? Fine. Hey, I, I heard your house burned down. How you doing? Fine. Everyone in your family has cancer. How you doing? Fine. Everything's fine. Fine, 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 fine. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're from Wisconsin. You know, we're like tough. You know, we, uh, you know, we agree with Elsa in that song, you know. I, I like the cold, you know. It's like, it never bothered me anyway. You know, we want to beat the bears today <laughs> so that... The road to the Super Bowl goes to Lambeau. That's the whole point here. Because we're from Wisconsin. We like it cold. Everybody needs to deal with that. But we can take the cold. People that complain about the cold weather, this is like whining people. We're not whiners. We're tough. And for me to stand up here and say, you know, you need to complain to God. You need to uh, call out to God. For many of us, we're going, no, 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 no. That's not part of my tradition. And I'm not going to do that kind of thing. And here's the deal with that. Even though you may not feel like calling out to God, even though you may not feel like it's right to be angry with God, God already knows your, he already, he already knows your heart. <laughs> like, wake up. Psalm 139. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Some of you are going, well, look there, Pastor Chris, that says right there, I don't have to say anything because God already knows how I feel. So I'm not going to be one of these people who like call out, no way I'm going to do that. The problem with that kind of reasoning is this right here. That's the problem with that. 
is it's not biblical. The Bible teaches over and over and over again that God wants his people to cry out to him. Have you ever read the Psalms? Here are some Psalms that have crying out to God. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, you have 55 of them right there if you're trying to count. These Psalms all have one thing in common, and that's that the author, for different reasons, is crying out to God, calling out loud to God, complaining to God. So read the Bible. It's all over the Bible. Lament is a plunger. <laughs> it's a way that we can break through with God. Now, I'm not going to preach 55 psalms, uh, but I'm just going to focus on a few principles that those psalms uh, have. Here's the first one. I mentioned it um, many times already. Cry out. Cry out to God. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. Psalm 142. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. These are like vocalizations. This is like not, not in your head. This is like actually crying, crying out to God. 2020, really God, really? That's the kind of thing. We ended up talking to some friends of mine about how do you, how do, you do this? I mean, you cry out to God. I had a friend say to me that, um, you know, if you do that while you're going for a walk, you know, by yourself or a little with your dog and you're like talking like that, everybody kind of looks at you like you're a little, little strange here. So I said, well, how do you do it? She said, I do it when I go on long drives. And all by myself, I turn off the music and I just start crying out to God. God, that was her way. What can you do to physically? What are you, what can you do physically to do that? Where can you do that? Cry out to him. Second principle we see from the Psalms. Be raw. Tell God how you feel. Remember Psalm 139, he already knows how you feel. But there's something that happens inside of us when we vocalize that. And we actually, we, we tell him, this is how we feel. Be raw. Where's an example of that in the Bible? Well, <laughs> book of Job. Job like loses everything in chapters like one and two. Chapter three Verse 1, this is how Job responds. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day. Just like, what does that say? After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, 
May the day of my birth perish and the night that said a boy is conceived. So how does Job uh, respond? And if you read the Bible and you read the book of Job in chapter 1 and chapter 2, you see that Job never sinned whenever he's complaining. He's not sinning. He cursed the day of his birth. That's powerful, you guys. It's like, what? I wish I'd never been born. That's being raw, you guys. So raw. Here's another example of being raw. Psalm 88. Written by um, someone named Haman. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me my friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. And that's the last of Psalm 88. Psalm 88 is one of the darkest psalms, probably the darkest psalm in the Psalter because it has no upswing at the end. It ends with darkness is my closest friend. Haman is being honest with God. He's, he's being raw. Let me ask you a question. Who inspired Haman to write that? Oh, yeah, God did. See, God inspired him to say those words and to be raw. 2020 is a time when we can just complain to God and just cry out to him, to be honest with him. Now, for some of us, this doesn't sit very well because we, we see the Bible as a, a book of answers. We have questions, and then God's going to answer it someplace. We don't see the Bible as a book that's more complex than that. The Bible is complex, you guys. It's not a self-help book. It's not trying to sell copies on a stand to become popular. It's not trying to. The Bible is the number one selling book of all time, <laughs> all time. And what surprises people, it's the number one selling book every year, year after year. And it, no other book even comes close. The Bible is not trying to be popular. It's already popular. The Bible speaks honestly. And it deals honestly with the complexities of life. Sometimes there's no answers. Like why your friend died. Why you couldn't be in the hospital for your friend. Why you lost your job. Why COVID. Sometimes there's like a no. We want simple answers. We want a how-to book. Bible's not that. It deals with life and all of its complexities. And it doesn't give us simple answers. And you can study the Bible for years and years and years and face years like 2020 and not have simple answers for why this has taken place. There's a Christian philosopher, brilliant, brilliant man named Nicholas Walterstorff. For many years, uh, Walterstorff taught uh, philosophy at Yale University. 
He wrote papers about epistemology and philosophy of language and things like that. Brilliant, brilliant philosopher and um, committed Christ follower. In 1983, his very athletic son, Eric, died in a mountain climbing accident in Europe. It happens in June of 1983, and Walter Storff is in the United States. He gets a phone call. Are you Mr. Walterstorff? Are you Eric's father? I'm sorry, Mr. Walterstorff, but your son has died in an accident. Walterstorff then grieved, and part of his grieving was writing this little tiny book called Lament for Son. In the book, he writes this. I have no explanation. I can do nothing else than endure in the face of this deepest and most painful of mysteries. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and resurrector of Jesus Christ. I also believe that my son's life was cut off in its prime. I cannot fit these pieces together. I am at a loss. I have read the theodicies produced to justify the ways of God to man. I find them unconvincing. To the most agonized question I have ever asked, I do not even know the answer. I do not know why God would watch him fall. I do not know why God would watch me wounded. I cannot even guess. That is a lament. And many of us are in a place right now where we need to have that kind of conversation with God. I have no idea, God, why this has happened. I can't even guess. That's being raw. It's being honest. It's a lament. And it's exactly the kind of thing that God wants you to do. We also learn from the Bible that lament is a time to make some changes. And they're physical changes. We read from Micah. Micah was a contemporary of Isaiah. He was, um, he was calling out to God because of an invasion of a people group into the land of Judah. Because of this, I will weep and wail. I will go about barefoot and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl. Shave your head in mourning for the children in whom you delight. Make yourself as bold as the vulture, for they will go from you into exile. We read from Ezekiel, they will raise their voice and cry bitterly over you. They will sprinkle dust on their heads and roll in ashes. And then we read from Esther. In every province to which the edict and the order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. I could throw up a hundred verses up here that has sackcloth and ashes. If you've been a Christ follower very long, you've probably heard somebody talk about Christ 
sackcloth and ashes. So that's an ancient near, all of these things I've been reading about are ancient Near Eastern ways of showing that you are in mourning. Shaving the head was a way uh, to show you were in mourning. Shaving your head now is a way to show that you're cool. It doesn't show the people you're mourning at all. The culture is completely different. So what could we do in our world in 2021 to show people that this is different? And I'm physically doing something that's different. Historically, people wear black when they're in mourning. That's still popular in our world. Maybe it's something that you do physically with your body. Maybe you get down on your knees. Maybe you lay, maybe you lay down on the floor prostrate. You do something physical that is different. It's not a normal prayer, but just by getting down on the floor, you're signaling to your body things are changed. Things are different now. Maybe you're, you're fasting from something. Maybe it's from food or it's from something. But there's a change that takes place. And you become honest with God. I ask uh, my team, what do you guys do to make a change? One of my friends said, you know, Pastor Chris, I go into a closet and I have a journal that I just use for laments. And I shut the door and I go in there and I just cry out to God and I write in my journal. That's what I'm talking about. Something that's different. Make a change. You don't have to shave your head or get some ashes. You just make a change. Some of you are saying, okay, Pastor Chris, like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in. I, I, you've convinced me that uh, lament is a biblical thing and I should probably be doing it. But why? Really, why? Is it, is it really going to change the pandemic? Is it really going to get me a job again if you've lost your job? Is it really going to change the way the economy is? Is it really going to change the political situation? So no. But what it will change is it'll change your relationship with God. You'll have a breakthrough. You'll feel like you're drawing closer to him. My wife and I have been married for over 42 years. And whenever I go through anything that's difficult, obviously I share it with her. I can't imagine not sharing it with her. And when we go through difficult times and we share things together that are hard for us, we, our relationship grows together. I went through something difficult not too long ago and, you know, I... I have several friends. And I didn't share that thing that I was going through with one of my friends. And later he found out and he said, why, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, and he looked at me and he said, I thought we were friends. See the point? When you're close to someone, you, you share with them. And being honest with God and lamenting, it draws him toward you. We read in Psalm 
34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. You know, earlier uh, in the message, I said uh, that uh, I kind of make in fun of the fact that we were Midwesterners. And uh, I was talking about the fact that many of us have grown up in a tradition, a church tradition, where we just don't complain. Uh, you know, we're like, we're strong and we're tough. And, and when, I, when I shared that, I think, I bet there's some people that are watching right now who are looking at me and going, yeah, that's not my tradition at all. And those are folks in our church who are from an African-American tradition. And if you've grown up as a Christ follower and you're black in this country, you totally understand what lament is all about. You're like, no problem. I get lament. You've grown up in churches that sing songs like, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Hold on, swing low, sweet chariot. It's a great thing to be a part of a multicultural church because those of us in the white majority, we have a lot to learn from those of you who are African-American brothers and sisters in Christ. And Actually, this week, uh, I'm going to do a, a podcast uh, with Pastor Coley McNair, and we're actually going to talk about uh, lament in the black church uh, tradition. We have a lot to learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ who are African-American. That whole idea of crawling out to God, yeah, I completely know what I'm talking about. Now we come to a part in the message, if I can just be totally honest with you, where uh, I've kind of gone through all the verses I want to go through, and this is a time when I normally close us in prayer. And it's fine, I love to pray, and I want to love to do that. But, you know... <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't really want you to listen to me pray right now. I want you to pray. And I want you to take a few moments and just be honest with God. Now, hold on, hold on. So many of you right now are like you're near your kitchen or you're having a, your cup, the coffee's cold and what you're going to do when I'm done, you're going to get up and heat the coffee up or you're going to go to the refrigerator. You know, just sit down. You don't need to go to the refrigerator again. Just listen to me. Lament is something that God wants you to do. Lament is something that is, it's simple. It's just treating God like he's your best friend and you are just going to tell him how you feel. What feeling do you have right now? Don't be fake. Be honest with God and express to him what's happening in your heart. That's the kind of thing that frees up the blockage. That's the kind of thing that leads to a breakthrough. So I'm not going to close this in prayer. The band's going to play you're going to see some questions on the screen. Don't get up and walk away from the screen. 
Look at the screen. Answer those questions. Be honest with God. Practice lament. Lament.